Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Laura Hale and Sam Page. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are, and we are graced also by a special guest today, Juliana Dever, joining us, who's going to be talking about all of her world travels. She is like one of those people that you see on TV. I'm kind of surprised she's not on TV herself. You'll be able to judge for yourself, but I'm kind of surprised that she isn't like doing her own, uh, well, I can't remember who all the, the people are who do these travel shows, but I mean... You'll find out. She, she's just that kind, same kind of person, the kind who likes to make travel fun, make it all light and, and enjoyable and, and appreciate all the good stuff that's out there. And we're going to find out about that in just a moment. But first of all, I want to say hello to my co-hosts, Laura and Sam. Laura? You look, Hi. I mean, we were talking earlier about how we got all the audio working properly the first time around, so all the stress is off, right? Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's we're all there. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's the way you want to start the show, right? No stress. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, because what's the point of the stress? <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the point ever with stress? That's right. <laughs> and Sam, you've got uh, a little special thing, uh, a little improv piece set up for us today, right? Yes. Shall I do that now? Yeah. Let's let's hear what you got. All right. Let's see. There you go. Sometimes that happens. Music just <laughs> the phone off the piano. You were putting out such high vibrations that the phone just knocked right off the piano. <laughs> Didn't stop me this time, so that's right. That that's right. It's, okay. it's like everything else. You know, we just keep trying this stuff over and over again, and eventually we'll get it just perfect. Because exactly, we get better at it over time. But that was very nice what we could hear. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Happy to do it. Yeah. You're my second to (laughs) read. So now that we have our our mood set for the day, let's uh, bring Juliana on. And uh, Juliana, well, first of all, we're really glad you could join us today because uh, there there was a a little construction going on in the background in your home. In fact, it was so loud that you couldn't even perhaps hear us. But somehow, thankfully, you have managed to make it disappear. I want to congratulate you on that. I know. Well... We've, I've moved everything to the furthest point away from the construction. Uh, my neighbors are, uh, today started demo for a pool and it's right next to my studio. <laughs> so there's jackhammers and, uh, earth movers and my dogs, um, that are responding to the sounds. And so it's a bit of a cacophony today. But, but somehow you managed to get them to all stop, which was really cool. Well, considering I did, that you tried yes, it and they said I, no and they did anyway. I mean, it's pretty good. Maybe, yeah, you know, it's amazing how things work out sometimes. <laughs> or the universe has facts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So give us a little background. Tell us, first of all, uh, what your life has been and how you got into this whole travel thing, because I mean, it's a pretty cool gig. And then tell us about what you've been doing as you've been traveling. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like my life is not linear at all, which I think maybe quite a few people are, but you sort of always expect it to be. Um, 
And without going too deeply into my background, uh, I was born and raised in Missouri, and we I grew up in the in a in a certain kind of group that was like don't we don't leave the group <laughs> and we don't do things. We don't we like just do things that are small so that we can prepare for an eventual doomsday. Um <laughs> and I was like <laughs> And I was like, I just, this is not, I cannot, I was born and raised into it my entire family, but I cannot relate. Um, and I could not, my will could not be bent to ever become part of the group. And that presented a lot of massive challenges for uh, my family. And, it, you know, it is what it is. So I, I they wanted me to be like um, working in pre-print, like pre-printing, uh, maybe be a cleaning person, um, work at an insurance company, all these things, d- d- wonderful contributions that we all need and just was not aligned with who I am at all. I, I just could not see myself continuing in this direction. So I ran away. Um, and uh, I really always just wanted to be an actor. I really wanted to be an actor, but there was always an intersection of um, travel for me. It's like my favorite, my favorite story ever is the Wizard of Oz. Like if I could be Judy Garland in the Midwest and a tornado would take me somewhere fabulous and, you know, I would be traveling, but also making friends all over the world. I mean, it was just like, it was a dream. And so I would put on plays in my backyard, you know, I would make it, all the kids come watch me. It was 25 cents or a stack of Pringles because I'm very food motivated and you can see my shows. Um, and, but it was not, it was not for me. It was for other people. And it, it, there's also kind of, um, for my family, the idea that growing up in Missouri to be something as large and crazy as an actor or traveling the world, that was for, that was maybe almost preordained for other people. Maybe people that lived in California or were already in the industry or, you know, had reasons to travel. And I just, I couldn't. I couldn't wrap my head around that. So I came to California. I worked for uh, the airline business. I got to start traveling. Like the first time I ever traveled, I was 18. Um, the first time I was on a plane. So it was, but it was just, um, and I remember the first place I ever went were, um, because I worked for the airline, I was able to get free tickets. And I went to um, Canary Islands in Spain and Barcelona, not Barcelona, but Madrid. And it was like, it was like Oz. It was like everything I thought that it would be and more. And I just, I fell hopelessly in love with the world and people's stories. And so when I finally got to California, I really, really, I ran away the second time uh, <laughs> to be an actor, to join the proverbial circus, if you will. And I just, uh, I've stuck with it. I was very, very fortunate that my hard work coincided with being able to be on a television show on ABC for about eight years. Um, I still do. I, I, I just did a, I did a lifetime movie right before the pandemic. Um, yeah. And I also just did a couple episodes in nine one one. I, so I'm super lucky. And then, but, but as you know, like your dreams and your, th- that still isn't linear. And there are times, especially being an actor, I don't know whose bright idea that was, but it's not like you <laughs> bringing off the hook every day with work. And I'm like, I can't sit here in between these, this dream of mine and let the rest of my like life 
kind of pass me by without seeing the world. And so I started I started with my travel blog. I had been traveling quite a bit and people kind of recognized that in me and would ask, can I, you know, what what do I do when I go here? What do I? And, and so it seemed like a, and, and I loved writing and it seemed like such a natural progression to start a travel blog. This was in 2015 and and just kind of put it somewhere. And that way, when people asked, I could just send them a link instead of like starting over each time. And so <laughs> it was it was a, it was a place to to really be helpful, like for me and the, the brand of travel that I find that that it's my style, I guess I want to say is, I mean, I go all in because for me, travel is, well, I feel like it's the cure to everything, but it is the landscape, but it, it's the people. And because I think we, like, we need each other. I know a lot of times we think we don't, but we, we can't survive without each other. And so I'm always on a mission to like bring us closer together and to, travel to places where we're learning about someone else's culture, their traditions, their language, their food, share meals. And so I, I felt like I wanted to help share with other people, like, don't just show up and like get the t-shirt and be like ob- observing from a distance. Like, here's how you can go and actually have a meaningful experience and you can connect with people. Because I just show up in countries and I just like sit down and start talking and I've got best friends all over the world now. And so I can immediately be like, hey, I need help with this. Or, you know, so and that was the basis. We'll talk later about my tours, but of why those got created. So bringing it all Landing the plane, as you will. <laughs> I act when I'm when I'm here in the United States, and then I spend the rest of my time traveling and kind of curating more possibilities and sharing, so that other people can follow along on these travels, either virtually or come along with me. And um, yeah, did I answer your question? <laughs> so, well, the question was was deliberately broad in order to give it the yeah. opportunity to introduce yourself and help us know who you are. Uh, honestly, the, the biggest reason I invited you to bring to bring your story onto the program is because of what you were just talking about, how you, I mean, it, when we talk about law of attraction, what we're talking about is what you think about, what you dream about, what you give all your energy and your, your emotions to and so forth is what comes into your life. And you did that without hesitation, despite, in your own words, having a, a background of people who didn't want to have anybody go anywhere. You, you just stayed in your group, and you refused to stay in the group. You, you refused to stay within the box that others had built for you. You said, I'm going to dream bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And with that, as a little kid, not – I think there's so many facets to speaking about the law of attraction, right? And this, people have different feelings about it. And um, I think even on that spectrum, there's the super loose side and mm-hmm. there's the science side, you sure. know? And, like, your brain actually being a filter device, you tell it what you want – and it starts bringing you or bringing it, you know, together. So, yeah, before I even had any of those concepts, I think, and I've watched other things when kids get really focused on something and they achieve it. Like, they don't know what, like, well, I better sit here every day and focus on, you know, the law of attraction. They're just like this. I'm singularly focused on this one thing. And despite all obstacles, I mean, really, I mean, for me, I feel like the, I had some major obstacles in the form of an entire family, an entire community, an entire mindset of where I grew up that I was not supposed to even think about those things. I was not supposed to do any of those things. And so the idea of still doing it 
you know, it, it's a, I think it's a powerful case for how the law of attraction can work. And how you work. I mean, cause, yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> or maybe I'm the, just a freak. I don't well, know. well, the law is just, it's like the law of gravity. It's not like, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. But what is different is the everybody part. Everybody has right. their own stuff, their own interests, their own beliefs, their own things that they, they bring to the table, and therefore their own experiences. And, and that's the part that I think, well, that's part of the reason why we do the show, because exploring that is endless. I mean, there's, yeah. no, there's no end to the, the, the possibilities when you look at that side of things. And I just looked at what you did and I said, she did it. She just, she broke through every barrier that was placed in her way and she did it seemingly effortlessly. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure there was a lot that you went through, but nevertheless, you just like nothing was going to stop you. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think if you talk to my mom these days, she would agree that she felt that about me when I was still in utero. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's funny because on the outside looking in every time, like when I, when I do interviews or when I do different things and I give, you know, parts of my resume and then I hear people saying, okay, I'm introducing Juliana and here's some, and I'm like, I did all those things because, you know, for yourself, you don't feel like every day, like we do have a tendency. Like I, like, a, I think a lot of people, maybe I have the practice of like, you know, focusing on what I'm grateful for the day. Cause there's some days where you just like, I'm just going to go back to bed and cry. Like nothing's working, you know? And so and there's some days where it's just, it's bigger than you and the obstacles seem too big and it just seems like it's not going to happen. And so this is in hindsight, you know, over like a couple decades of being like, sometimes it just feels like Sisyphean. Am I, am I conjugating that correctly? You know, like you're just <laughs> Sisyphus rolling this ball up the hill and it keeps rolling back over. I mean, even with my tours, you know, and, and I, I started them in 2019 and I have a real affinity for offbeat places. I, because I feel like anyone, anyone who has the, um, the inclination, the means, the, um, that are fortunate enough to be able to travel, anyone can go to Italy or France. I'm like, let's go to Uzbekistan. You know, like I'm always like the weird one, right? And so I started tours to the country of Georgia and then, um, I started this year. Um, and then, so I got one amazing tour off and then we had the pandemic. And I had to cancel everything. And it's like, okay, well, we're all in these consequences or in these, um, you know, we're all in this situation. And then 2021, I was able to get Slovenia. I was able to get two of those tours. But then cases in Georgia rose. And three weeks before my group was leaving, I had to make the difficult decision to cancel it again. And so 2022 comes and I'm like, okay, I, this is amazing because I have Slovenia, Georgia, and now introducing Poland. <laughs> and, and now I'm in the situation where, okay, the COVID is sort of behind us, but now I have the second horseman of the apocalypse riding in, which is war. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm taking, and I'm like, why does it, it always feels like I'm doing things the hard way. It always feels, and people who are helping guide my travel career are like, why don't you just go somewhere easy? Why don't you just go to France? <laughs> Why do you keep going to former, possibly future Soviet countries? <laughs> so, I mean, I appreciate what you say because you're like, it's effortless. And I'm like, there's, I mean, just yesterday I was like just fighting with Facebook to put up an ad. <laughs> I was like, that's it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so, I mean, we all have so many fun challenges opportunities to uh to try to make what we want to what we envision to come into our reality 
I actually like what you're saying there because you're right. It's not effortless. I mean, I, I, I say that you make it look effortless, but I knew that it really wasn't. What I, I think what I was trying to point to was even when the, it gets rough, you don't stop. You might take a break. You might, like you said, you know, take a day off to go cry, but the next day you're at it again. You're just, you're just like, I'm going to find some way to get to Sylvania. I don't care what it's going to take. We're going to get there. And it may not be today. It may not be this year, but we're going to get, it's like, it never leaves, it never enters your mind that it's not ever going to happen. For you, it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, you're right. I, Sometimes I should know when to give up, I feel like. <laughs> but, I mean, an example, I, and I do, I, I have, like, I cannot, I am, I cannot see a, a, an experience, like, if I've decided it's happening, and my guides, even in, in Slovenia and Georgia, and they're always, and even in Poland, you know, because the way that they come about, we can talk about that a little bit more because it's not, it's not ordinary, but they're like everyone. I meet, I meet people all the time when I travel. They're like, I want to do a tour. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it never happens. And you come in and you're like, I want to do a tour. And suddenly you've got 12 people here that I have to show around my country. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't, it's hard for me to see if I decide it's going to happen. I feel like, well, well, it's just got to. And I don't know if part of that is being an American. I feel like we have, an extraordinary optimism. I, I feel like that maybe there, there's a piece like we always have like optimism. I feel like now yeah. we're kind of like, Wah. I just saw this. Yeah. This Buzzfeed thing. It was all about um, other people from other countries and what they think about Americans. And that was one of the things they said, there were some negative things obviously, but, there, but that was the, they said they're just this like huge amount of optimism and this, energy of when you're, if you're in the room with a bunch of people from different countries, you can tell who the American is because they're introducing themselves to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. The other part is maybe just, you know, my personality, but like, but I, when I was uh, saying like case in point, so my first tour of last year, this is the very first time we're going to be going to, I'm bringing it a group to Slovenia. It's the, we, I had two Slovenian tours last year. So this is the very first one and it's the first tour back from COVID. And so everybody, you know, there was this pent up demand to travel and yet, um, a concern, uh, you know, with good reason of like, is this going to be a, a safe thing to do? And none of the countries had not almost, almost none of the countries had it opened up yet two travelers. So my tour started on July the 3rd and I, you know, I, I'm very transparent and I, I, you know, speak with the wonderful, amazing women that are on my trip and, and, and I'm like, okay, well, I know some of you are flying in on July 1st. <laughs> Country's still not open. Um, do we want to do this? And I, I'm really lucky. I feel like something I always say, I, I attract the most amazing guests and I feel without, um, I feel without hesitation that that's absolutely one of the things that I can offer when I'm running down the benefits and the wonderful things about traveling with me. I, so far, um, all the, I've had three tours that actually made it. Everyone comes as strangers. I tend to attract solo female travelers. Um, not that men aren't invited by any means. It's just, I tend to attract solo female travelers and they 
start as strangers. And before the tour even starts, because I've created this environment and they're able to connect with each other, they're already best friends. They're walk. I see them walking around Ljubljana like, hey. And so I was really lucky. They were also rather fierce. They were rather adventurous. And so the idea I was like, are you guys sure? Are you sure you want to do this? And they're like, we're going, you know, and if we get to the airport and they turn us away, then the tour cancels. But we don't, you know, because a lot of people will be like, I just can't deal with the uncertainty. Let's just cancel it. And I'll just regroup next year. They were all in, which was amazing. I um, had to fly to Portugal previously. And I had a, I just had a, a feeling and some of it's uh, maybe it was just like a knowing, but some of it was also just travel expertise and watching the trends. And I'm like, Portugal's going to open up on June 15th. And so in March, my husband and I bought tickets to go to Portugal because we were we um, looking at uh, buying property there. And so we, we it was like a week before June 15th. And I'm like, they're not open. I don't know. Maybe I was being, you know, too optimistic. And I didn't get it. I didn't, I ran out of time and I forgot to cancel our tickets. And then four days before Portugal's like, Hey, we're going to open on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And that was on the 15th, which is exactly what my tickets were for. So we were one of the first Americans that didn't already have residency, you know, as a, as a leisure traveler got to Portugal. And part of the reason I'm also sharing this is that I have two weeks in Portugal and then I've got to get to Slovenia. I have a ticket from Lisbon to Ljubljana and um, on Lufthansa Airlines, which is in Germany. And Lufthansa, three days prior to my flight, which I need to go meet my guests and start a tour, three days prior, they're like, we're not going to fly anyone out of Portugal. We've just decided Portugal's numbers are too high, whatever. And they just canceled it. And I, I'm, I'm like, I what do you rebook me on? And they're like, we're not rebooking you. Figure it out. Figure it out. But fortunately for me, this is an awesome challenge because, of course, there's no way I will not make it to Slovenia. And I had, okay, I could get on a night train. Okay, I do have friends in Switzerland. Maybe if they drove to Spain and I could get to the border. Like I had, it was a big, fun puzzle. In the end, I, but also because I have this network now, I, I had a friend that lived in Zagreb, Croatia, which is over the border. And I was talking to another friend who was German, who was telling me what Germany was doing. And I... Without going through all the details, I managed to get a flight from Lisbon to Zagreb, Croatia, and then have someone book me a driver from Zagreb to Ljubljana. And then we had to go over the border by land. But I also had to say that I was staying a night in Croatia. But since I had a friend there, it was perfect. It was just like, and he's, the driver's like, okay, so when we get to the border, just tell him that you're going to Austria. <laughs> like, wait, why is this going to be a problem? He's like, I don't know, just in case. But, but, but you know, I was just like, I, there was never a moment that I was like, I will make it. I will find a way to be there in time to be like, welcome to Slovenia. And you know what? July 3rd, it all worked out. So I don't know. I don't know how much of that is me like being lucky. How much of it is being like having travel expertise and how much of it is, you know, believing that this will happen and things falling into place so that it does. I don't know. It sounds more like the adventures of Juliana Bond than Juliana Depp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I'm an international spy. We don't know. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I put it this way. If you wanted to be an international spy, I would never bet against it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not once. 
I want to ask Laura and Sam, because we're talking here a lot about travel. I haven't done a ton of traveling myself. Laura, have you done much traveling? Um, I have. I spent a lot of time in Mexico. I've traveled around Western Europe, and I've done the Camino in Spain, and I'm taking a group this fall, actually. So Spain's really what calls to me the most. And I used to want to see the world, and that has changed drastically. And I don't know. Now I'm just kind of like there are certain places I really want to go, but other places mostly because it's so crowded that I don't like if it's a really crowded city, I'm kind of over the big metropolitan crowds. So, um, yeah, but I'm I'm well, I have a question for Juliana, but I can wait. Is it time for me to ask her a question? Sure. Go wait, ahead, I yeah. need to. Oh, I'm like, wait, I need to understand you. You said you used to want to see the world and now you don't. Is that specifically around crowds or has the desire to see the world waned? Both, both. Yeah. It's, I think for me, it's the physical, like the physical toll it takes on my body. Mm -hmm. So I have to really be like, I'd have to really want to go to that place and know that I could stay long enough that I could adjust. Um, but I'm really curious about how you make Slovenia sexy. How do you, how do you, I don't know. I don't know any, like, okay. I don't know anything about it really. So how do you sell something that like you said earlier, anybody can go to Italy, but it's, there's like a kind of like an energy that draws people to Italy or an energy that draws people to France, even Spain. I, I know people that are like, I don't really care about Spain. And I'm like, you're missing out. But, um, so I'm curious about a place that is sort of like, people are kind of like, I mean, I kind of know what that is. How do you sell that? That's okay. So yeah, that's why I was like, (laughs) I want to hear what, because I know it so well, and this is a problem that I have. I don't know what it, what the technical term for it is, like a blindness. You know, you know things so well, you can't remember how you felt before. Right. Um, but I am curious. I, I will answer that if you explain to me what your initial, what's your impression of Slovenia? When you hear Slovenia, are you just like? I think it looks like, if I were thinking of like Germany, the Czech Republic, I would think it kind of looks like that. That's all I know. <laughs> when you say looks like that, do you mean villages or or the buildings, scenery, like the architecture? Landscape? Yeah, okay. the landscape, scenery, architecture. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, for me, Slovenia is probably. It's I I, I don't want to qualify because there are so many just amazingly beautiful places in the world. Even the country of Georgia, when you get to the Caucasus Mountains, you're like, what? But <laughs> the um, Slovenia is is like the real fairy tale. And if you've ever seen a photo of Lake Bled, which you have, but maybe you didn't know that it was. And then finally you're like, where is this place? And then you're like, ah, I mean, I think that's where everybody's, um, um, awareness of Slovenia starts, but Slovenia and Slovenia, even in the years that I've been going, I see it coming out of its shell, which is super adorable because it's like the most wholesome country on earth. It's just so, and they, it's so like, air is so fresh and the nature is just like, it's so green and Slovenians of almost everywhere that I've traveled are, have a more of a, um, an American, the, the friends that I've made, at least they, they understand American sense of humor, like the dryness and the jokes where a lot of times that gets lost <laughs> right. in translation. So I can just be really smart. I can say something 
you know, that's like very dry, but sarcastic. And they'll, you know, you go to another country and, and they're like, what do you mean? Why, what is wrong? And I'm like, no, that was a joke. Forget it. I'm sorry. That was stupid. <laughs> but in Slovenia, you, they give it right back, which is just oh. like, so I immediately connected to them. But the cities, like, again, it's one of the cleanest cities, Ljubljana, the main one, it's clean and it's beautiful. The people are welcoming, kind. They have really come into their own in terms of food and wine. Like they, they finally got their first Michelin stars in 2020 and like their food is bonkers there, you know, and even in their, like the agrarian areas. So their fruits, their vegetables are just vibrant. And they're the, the, the Alps, they have the Julian Alps and they're just stunning. I take my guests over the Alps. We go to remote places where you meet with families and you just connect with their soul and they cook for you and then they get their guitar out and they sing with you. And, and I think when you see the stuff that I write about Slovenia and the, the pictures that I take and you meet some of my Slovenian friends, you see like, it's not just looking at a, a really pretty building from the 1800s. It's right. about, you know, and that's one thing that I try very, when I create a tour, it has to go to the essence of the spirit of the country and of the people so that when you're there, you connect with that. You almost feel like a steward of that culture when you go home and your awareness, your cognitive bias toward it is you're like, what happened in Slovenia today or what happened in Georgia? So I feel like Slovenia is um, it's hard to say sexy because there's all this. <laughs> They're so adorable, <laughs> but they are, they, it really, when you start seeing like the, the crystal turquoise waters of the Socha river and the Alps and the, just everybody outside and their love of chocolate and amber yeah. wine and amazing food. And you're like, I, everyone who goes on my tours, I, I have actually two women on my July tour that went last August with me and then they rebooked so they could go back because they fell in love with it so much. So, you know, I think it's, it's more than selling the destination. It's about connecting with the human beings that are of that place. Well, I think you did a really good job of selling it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a slideshow. (laughs) You don't don't need a slideshow. Just mention the chocolate. That's good enough. Right. That was it. (laughs) And the mountains. And the mountains. Chocolate in the mountains. That's it. Yeah, that's your selling points. Sam. You well there? yeah, I was oh yeah. I was just about to say myself, I'm I'm sold on Slovenia, so that's oh that's <laughs> places I have been though, I've been to various states in the United States and Canada a few times, but then I've been to I went to England um when I was thirteen with family, which was quite lovely. Um as enjoyed it as much as a thirteen or so year old would. And then been to France a couple of times, once with my high school orchestra, we went to um, Biarritz, which is in the Pays Basque, which is kind of coastal and near the Spanish border. So we did make our way a couple like day trips up to Spain, which was cool. That was when I was 16. And then just about four years ago, um, I went on a family trip to Paris, which was just beautiful. Uh, and definitely want to go there again. But um, I, and I think I can see the argument, like, I'm not big on crowds either, but there's just, like, a nice, like, I wouldn't have said this at the time, but just vibrational energy in Paris that's just feels kind of unique. And um, I've also been to China, and I'd love to go to Japan someday, but there's a lot of places I want to go that I haven't been, but plenty of time left, plenty of opportunities. So I, I, I think traveling is a wonderful thing that of which I want to do a lot more going forward, just to experience new cultures, cuisines, and perspectives, and all the beautiful 
nature things that are out there that plenty I probably don't even know about. Yeah, it's it. I find that when you have that list of places you want to visit and you start traveling and checking them off, the list doesn't get shorter. It starts getting longer and longer. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, because you places yeah you meet people and they suggest places and you're like well that wasn't on my list but now it is now it is great <laughs> now i have to go to iceland <laughs> you make it sound like going to the dentist i mean come on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i love iceland i do it's it's um it, and it's one of those places that is really ethereal and yet um it's that crowd issue you know once somebody is like well i once somebody sees that picture, like there's the good and the bad edge of that sort, right? Like um, you get people to finally explore an area and tourism dollars really helps communities if it's um, like spent in the right way. Mm-hmm. And so it's fantastic. But then all of a sudden you have like a Venice or a Barcelona where it's so crowded that it's not enjoyable. And even the local community no longer has services that are easy for them to get to. Their day-to-day life is impacted. The house, you know, the cost of living goes up for them because of different rental issues. And so it is like, it's a double-edged sword because I do, as much as I love being, like I did, I was talking to my friend yesterday. I'm planning a trip to Albania right now where everybody wants to go, right? (laughs) Everyone's like, it's just reminding me of a Saturday Night Live skit with Tina Fey. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of now. Well, because I'm like, I've traveled to so many places. And again, my list never gets shorter, but I'm like, and it's a little bit harder this year. Um, I really want, I keep trying to get over to Estonia and Lithuania and Latvia. Like five years now, I've had plane tickets that I keep canceling. And I couldn't quite convince my friend to get that close to the Russian border. Um, So I'm like, how about Albania? (laughs) Because I'm like, I still have to, I, uh, it's like, you know, you, when you, like anything you do, you have to do a little bit more each time to get that same, like, I'm going to say rush, but that same, like that thing that you love, you have to keep pushing it. Um, But I also just, I'm, when I create my tours, the thing is like, there is absolutely like Sam, like you were saying, like there, there's a vibe, like there's, I've done forest bathing in Sweden and it's amazing to get out of your, you know, like away from people and just be quiet and feel like there's no one else and you're around trees and it's incredible, but it's a balance. You need to go back. You can't loneliness will kill you. You need to go back to being around other human beings, you know, like we need both of those. And so give me an opportunity to be not too crowded, but you know, that vibe of like being around other people and maybe somebody's playing a guitar and then someone else breaks into song and someone shares their food with you. And, and I mean, you're recharged. So I try to create another reason I create tours that are so off the beaten path you know, I, I think that it's so important with um, our tourism dollars that we're positively impacting local communities. So for, for when, when I scout them, I make sure I work with local guides. I'm always working with the people that are in the community, like some of the best guides in the world. I'm so lucky that the women that are my uh, guides. And then like, for instance, for Poland, Maggie, my guide, uh, we drove around Poland. We actually looked on Google Earth. She was looking on Google Earth in Polish and found a woman who was a goat farmer. And we drove, we off-roaded to her house, knocked on the door, had a whole conversation in Polish and a bit of French. 
And, you know, we got to the point where we had warmed her up and charmed her enough that we're one of the things we're doing on my tour is bringing all of my guests to her farm. She's going to make a lunch for us with the cheese and we get to meet the goats. But she also happens to um, direct the local choir. So she's going to have them come in and sing for us. And then she also um, teaches art on the weekends. So she's going to have some of the artisans come in and they'll be painting or doing their crafts and they'll just be around us while we're hanging out, exchanging, (laughs) you know, learning from each other. And so like, you don't have to be in a city where you can't move. I detest it. But yeah. to be in the spirit of other humans and all the good we have to give to each other, I, 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 it just makes me so happy and it makes my guests super happy. And I just, I love it. What I'm taking away from this, from what you just described, is that you're not just a tour guide. You're an experience guide. Yeah, I actually, uh, I actually call myself an experiential travel expert. Because, okay. um, yeah, I've been I've been traveling for 25 years. Um, I, I know you saw that. Uh, you put it in the bio on Facebook. I've been to over 60 countries at this point. I lived in France. I've lived in Greece. I've lived in Russia. Um, and, yeah, so I've got a lot of travel expertise. But I think if you if you don't put the experiences with it, you're maybe not getting the full, the maximum impact that travel can actually give you. Well, you're getting and to you also, know, you're getting to know the culture in a way that is not just a dry presentation by a professor in a classroom. You're, yeah, you're, getting, and a, you're getting a firsthand experience of this is what it's like to be here. This is what the people are like. This is what their experiences are like. This is, this is real life. Yeah. And I, and I think I've always had a, I personally, can't and I don't know if it's like my self-diagnosed ADD, you know. But like I cannot be in a cluster of like 20, 40, 60 people following an umbrella or a flag while someone just kind of drones on about something that I could have read in online, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's also a weird fishbowl way of traveling, um, you know, where you're just walking around. You're like, oh, look at. Look at the Italians over there. And, you know, I'm being my dad right now. And, you know, and you're just like, you see it, but you don't experience it. And I'm like, well, that's, you can watch that on TV. I mean, yeah, there's always something amazing about getting out of, you know, your surroundings. It's so inspiring and, and learning and changing your perspective and seeing how people do things. And they're like, ah, why didn't I think of that? That's amazing. But when you're sitting down and you're eating and you're visiting and you're with people, that's a, that is next level travel. And I just want everybody to have that experience if that's what they're into, because it will change you. It, it just, it's like, it ignites radical empathy. You just, you know, your love for this planet. It, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it just makes me so happy. Apparently. I'm so, I'm such a, I'm such a sap. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. That's not something to apologize for. That's something to celebrate. That's wonderful. I love that you're like that. I do have one question. You mentioned your dad. Made me wonder. Everybody in your family, in your community, it was all in one box. Everybody stayed in the box. Has anybody climbed out of the box and gone on a tour with you? Well, you know, nobody in my family had a passport. Um, I mean, except for my grandfather's we're in World War II, but I don't think they needed passports to do that. I don't know how that went. Anyway, um, my mom has uh, a really excited 
And my mom has followed my kind of followed where I've started. And um, I took her. She'd never, it really was her dream. I think a lot of people, you know, they have this dream. Maybe they get the image and they want to see Paris or they want to, you know, they want to see Big Ben. And so that's where it starts. And she always had a dream that she wanted to see Paris. And so, uh, I don't know, like maybe about eight years ago, finally, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to do it my way. And you're just going to trust me. I planned an entire trip where she had no idea what was happening. And here's what's really funny is like, I just, I also kind of like when I know someone, I did this for my best friend as well for her birthday. Um, when I know someone and I, I'm like, okay, I know where I'm going to take, I'm going to start this country. Like I always have a formula for who it is. And I'm like, they can't just start in Paris. It would be overwhelming. So I'm going to start them in the Netherlands because it's a little smaller and then they'll kind of get used to, you know, like I've got the, the pathway in my head. Here's a funny part about having a, you know, like, 68 year old woman show up at the airport. And at the time, like I got her ticket and it was, she just had her record locator number and you know, you didn't, you don't even, you haven't needed paper tickets for a while. So she shows up, gives them her name and her record locator on the day of the flight. I told her when to travel and what to pack. And she goes to the counter and they're like, hi, um, okay, where are you going? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I thought that would be like so fun, like a game show. And they'd be like, congratulations, you have a flight to Amsterdam. But instead, it kind of made her look like maybe she wasn't in her right mind or her own faculties weren't there. Maybe she shouldn't get on a plane. <laughs> it seemed like such a good idea. Right, though? Right? Because like, she she flew and met me in Houston, and then we took the the big league together. But... You know, it opened her eyes and one of the comments that she made, which I just, it was so very much my mom and yet I get it, was we were walking. One of the things that I love to do, I don't know if you guys are, if you, I'm, I'm just weird. I know this, but I love to go to grocery stores Mm -hmm. in other countries. I love to see what food they have and, you know, like how it's packaged and what is the predominant, uh, you know, types of food. But I, um, I took her to the grocery store and uh, we were in Amsterdam. And also I, you know, sometimes I rent little apartments and we're getting some snacks and food and she just stops and she looks around and she sees everyone just going about their life, putting groceries in their cart. And she looks at me and she says, it's so weird to be here. All these people are just going about their life and no one cares about St. Charles, Missouri. And I was like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How the rest of the world, it doesn't revolve around us like we think it does. <laughs> like, but you know what? But that's that first step. And it's amazing where you're suddenly like, oh, people are living their lives. And I'm not the center of their life. Maybe right. maybe I need to kind of, you know, give a little deference that other people are doing their own thing. And we need to... We need to live in harmony instead of like, well, why aren't you catering to me? I'm here from the United States, aren't you? You're welcome, you know? <laughs> so I love that was a first step for her. And we took, she took trains. I didn't realize she didn't know what crosswalks were. She hadn't used them in so long because they just get in their car and they drive. There's not even, people don't walk in the suburbs, you know? So it was so, she went to markets and people were like yelling out and French and she's like, whoa. And it was, I think it just, it really was a turning point in her life. She still talks about it to these, you know, to this day of, oh, remember when we were in Luxembourg or, you know, and 
And so I just see the power that getting out of your, you know, your, I, I hate saying comfort zone because I feel like it gets used for everything, like a catch-all, but just getting out of what you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, suddenly I, you're like, there's a different way to do this. I call oh. it the familiar zone rather than the comfort zone. And this yeah. is very unfamiliar. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is also great in that what you're really talking about is the power of perspective. I, I talk about that a lot here on the program. And I usually talk about it in the context of what we do here on the program because I'm constantly bringing on people from all over the place, different viewpoints and so forth, because I love the perspectives. Uh, but what you're really bringing out for me here and something that's kind of encouraging me, because I've wanted to travel for some time. I, I've, been, I've, I've been throughout most of the country of the U.S. I've been to Canada. I've been to Barbados. That's about it. And I, I have other places I want to go. But now you're giving me even more of a spark to do it because of the perspective. I'd kind of forgotten. Yeah, that's one of the great things. You get to see what it's like from other people's perspective in other parts of the planet. And that perspective is huge. That's really what you're describing is that perspective. Yeah, I love it. I, I love not being right. If that makes sense. You know, like I, I like saying like, I don't, I don't have to be right. I just, I want to be, I want to be understood, but I don't like where I'm coming from, like my intention, but I don't, I kind of like not being right. Like, ah, oh, that was really cool. I'm, you know, so even the, the little things like, you know, when you put your key in the, in the little switch in the do- inside the door at the hotel to turn the lights off and on and the air conditioner. And you're like, this is ingenious. They're not yeah. wasting all this energy when yeah. you're not in the room. I love this. This is awesome. Like, I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it should be though. That, I, I think it's fabulous. I think it's absolutely great. And I, I love that you're bringing that as part of the story here. Now um, we, we have been talking a bit about the tours that you do. I want to make sure we get some time in about, what tours are coming up because I presume they're still open or at least some of them are. I mean, are they, I don't know, maybe they're booked. You tell me. They are, they are. They have a few spots left. And, uh, I, the first one that's registration is closing on May the 6th for Poland. I have two trips to Poland. Um, and the first one is, uh, June the 6th through the 16th. There's, I think like three spots left. And so there's still time to get in on that one. And then after that, the country of Georgia, that's June 20th through the 29th. And that'll be open until about 30 days prior. The registration usually closes about 30 days and then seven days. That's the, Poland's 11 days, Georgia's 10 days, Slovenia is seven, and that's July 3rd through the 9th. I kind of position that, so if you have a little time off from, you know, the 4th of July, you can fly over on the weekend, stay for the week, and then go home and still be back to work on Monday. I mean, hectic, but awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those are the three tours that are happening, and then in the late summer, August 29th through September 8th, I have another tour to Poland, and I... Absolutely. If you love culture, if you love just learning about a place from another perspective, being in a place, places that have amazing vibes, but then also we will get out of the crowded areas. Not that I ever go anywhere too crowded. Obviously, these are not like (laughs) mainstream locations, but we really dig in and we meet amazing people. We break into small little groups and you get to have dinner with locals. Like in Slovenia, you go into my tour guide. I mean, I, all of them are amazing, and, and, but I'm just going to talk for a second about my Slovenian guide, Tina. She's been an independent tour guide for 25, 26 years now. The last 20 with Rick Steves. I know a lot of people are familiar yeah, with sure. Rick Steves. So she's one of his uh, tour guides for Europe, but she was born and raised in the Lake Bled area of Slovenia. And 
what's amazing. There's so many things. She's a very close friend of mine at this point. Cause I, like I met her the first time I ever went to Slovenia and I was like, I'm sorry, you're stuck with me. Like <laughs> we're friends now. That's just how it is. There's no options. Um, and so I, I went back to her and I'm like, Tina, let's do a tour. She's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then she was like, oh my God. And so <laughs> well, wait a minute. she really is, meant this whole lot. <laughs> she meant this. Oh no. Um, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> the Americans are coming. The Americans are coming. <laughs> um, and a sidebar with that on my seven day tour last July, I had, and this blew me away. I had, um, like I would say half were Americans and I had a woman from Qatar. I had a woman from Germany and a woman from Austria. Austria is, she's Vienna. That's a three hour drive. And I'm like, wait, you just paid me to take you to a country that you could drive to in three hours. <laughs> but you know, she's like, I never thought about coming here before. And I'm so in love with this country now. But um, what I want to say about Tina was, you know, because she decided you know, right after school, she wanted to be a tour guide. They go through a rigorous uh, school, like a university. And so she went through university with all of her contemporaries now, her age, are like some of these, some of these Michelin star chefs and people who own like little, like small little tourism, like an apiary where we go to, you know, learn a little bit about bees and then try honey vinegar. And so they're all her friends, which is amazing. And so when we break into small groups to go to people's houses, these are also some of her friends and you go to their homes and they've made dinner for you. They're kind of, you know, making sure you have schnapps because this is a very Slovenian thing to drink. They, people come home from that experience and they're just, they're like, I felt like I just went out to dinner with friends. I didn't feel like I was on a tour at all. I was, and you, you know, you have a moment to be with a couple of your tour mates, just, you know, maybe two or three of you. So there's something just so special about all of the things that we do on these tours. And we do that in each group. When you go to the country of Georgia, you get to have dinners, again, break into small groups and have dinners with locals. In Poland, we're going to be doing the same thing. And it's just, it's such an extraordinary experience. It's time to connect. It's almost time to like reconnect your own humanity. Because I feel like we've spent so much time on these things that it's a like a barrier between us. And I know when I throw that away and I'm just like with people, I feel like my battery is charged so much more than a half hour scrolling. So it's, it's something that's like, treat yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. come with us because I'm on the tours. I, I still make an, I still ensure that I'm with everybody so that it's all going exactly how I've designed it. And my guides are some of the best in the world. They train guides. My guide for Poland is an anthropologist and she was a guide for National Geographic. My wow. Georgian guide uh, teaches all the other guides. She's kind of renowned as, as one of the top guides in Georgia. So like between all of us, we've got you. Like you just show up and you're going to have an amazing experience. And I also build a lot of free time into it. So you can just go and explore on your own and kind of um, process what you're experiencing, you know? So, because I think when people make you go, I've been on certain trips where it's like one thing to the next to the next. And you're like, I can't, I did that in Mongolia. And I was on like a trip where they have like um, travel agents come. It's called the familiarization trip. And we got to a certain point where, where we just revolted. Like the group, we all, got together and we're like, we're not leaving. We're just sitting here in this yurt because <laughs> uh, we were all about to have a mental breakdown. Like you need, you need space, you need time. So I make sure we have free time 
And um, yeah, so I've said a lot about why I love my tours, but again, I attract amazing people. So if you have ever been interested in incredible food and wine and culture traditions, we do some hiking, like come with me. Like there's still some room available and they're still available for a couple more weeks. That's outstanding. I, I especially love the idea of dinner with a local. Mm. What better way to get to know the, uh, the, the people of a country than to sit down and have dinner with them? I love it. I had an experience the first time I went to the country of Jordan in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, I was welcomed in uh, the first night to uh, the, this, this local's house. She's actually one of my closest friends now. We kind of I say that about a lot of people, but everyone's in my heart. But I they, love I, I can tell so it's much. true. It's true like, with all of them. But I'm always messaging like, how are you? Are you okay? Um, but we, we, um, we were at her house. We became very close. And like day two, I was, this was, I want to say this was 2014. And I was like, I need to know how you, 9-11, let's go. I need to, I need to process this with somebody from an Arab country. What was your perspective on this, you know? And when people sit, instead of being so polarizing all the time and refusing to speak, refusing to understand, wow, the things you can you can meet in the middle on or the things. And when having said that, you know, every single one of my friends in Arabia is a hundred percent against, you know, horrified, like everywhere that I go in the middle East, I find they love Americans more than half the places I go to in Europe. So, but you know, it's, <laughs> that's interesting. It, 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 they're so pro America and, you know, or at least they're very, not always, you know, governments are not people. So they're not always sure. necessarily pro American government, but the love that, we can and compassion and understanding that we can extend to one another through travel can change the world. So, you know, that's why I'm such a massive advocate of it. And it gives you that spark, that inspiration to come home. And that's with my mom, you know, like she suddenly was like, you know, kind of looping it back to law of attraction, all the things that she thought almost that ability to call it to you gets deadened because you don't exercise it and you don't yes. believe that it's possible anymore. You don't have examples. And then you do something crazy, like go to a grocery store in Amsterdam. And then you're like, well, if I could do that, maybe I could go home and I could, I could start writing. I could write a book, you know? And then suddenly you're bringing these things back into your life that you, you just didn't remember that it was possible. So again, travel cures everything. Yeah. <laughs> that is my thesis statement. <laughs> Hey, I, I'm buying into it. I really am. And, and I'm loving everything that you're saying. I, I do need to throw one thing out there. You, you mentioned Rick Steves. He was actually the person I was trying to think of earlier on when I was referencing all these famous people who are on TV who do travel shows. And I, he was, I, I had him in my mind. And I couldn't think of his name. But I'll tell you right now, having watched the, the Rick Steves show and, and all the different places he's visited and talked about and having talked with you here, I would much rather go on your tours. I'd much rather see your tours on TV. Same. Yeah. I Well, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. No, I, I'm like, I agree. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you need a you need a travel TV show. Period. You do. You'd be great. I, at it. You, I thank you. I have been trying for years. Um, couple interesting things. I know we don't want to go. I don't want to take up all of your time because I know your audience is used to an hour. So, um, the first time I pitched a travel TV show with my best friend, um, because we're in entertainment, she's an actor as well, and. Very curious. We had an amazing concept, we thought. And actually, Travel Channel loved it as well. 
and they, uh, we, we got into talks to go further with it. And one of the things that comes up, it's, and I really hope this will begin to change. I think it's changed even in the last few years. This was 2014, and a lot of networks were like, nobody wants to watch two women travel unless you're going to be in bikinis. Like, men oh, really? want to, Still men, Oof. that was the issue in 2014 because of what they, they call it co-viewing. Women will sit down and co-view a travel show of men, you're watching Anthony Bourdain or you're watching, you know, drive-in diner. You're watching a guy because you're enjoying learning about places. Men are like, I can only accept this if I see myself in this person doing it. And so they knew they had to cater. And the only men will either want to see, you know, like hot women in bikinis or they want to see dudes doing things. And that at the time was one of the issues. The issue that's kind of switched a little bit or a new layer is um, the idea that Travel Channel actually doesn't do travel anymore because us travel lovers have shot ourselves in the foot by putting all the content online for free. Right. So all the YouTube, you want to know what it looks like to hike in Slovenia? Go to YouTube. You'll find right. a video. So why should they spend money doing this? And so that was a new layer. But we had a, a fantastic show concept, and we we did it on spec um, in 2018 where we would go every, and it was a fun challenge for me. We just dropped ourselves into Europe. And then every day we would go live from a new location. We're like, okay, your options for tomorrow. I can go to the Czech Republic. I can go to Budapest. Like, where do you want me to show up? And they would vote. And then by that night, we would have to find a train and go whichever direction and then come live the next day. And in the meantime, we'd be producing content. And that got really far. In fact, we were in talks with the production company and then with the network, um, March of 2020. So you know uh, where that went. <laughs> but and, knowing you, you're, you're such a persistent person. This isn't the end of that story. That story is going to continue until you actually get that gig. I know it's going to happen. By the way, I'd also like to ask those executives who were telling you that in 2014, how they explained Samantha Brown. He was the, the outlier. You know how that goes. They're like, well, let's not do too much of that. Because let's be honest, she was the best one of the group. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's engaging and she's witty. And it's funny how, you know, yeah, some of them are a little dry or very um, cerebral or just, you know, like, that. Ah, you know, so, eh. I'm sure I'm going in whatever direction I'm supposed to be. We'll see. You're going to get there. I, I know you're going to get there. It, it may be independent, but you're going to get there. One way or another, you're going to get there. You're, we're going to see you on television. I'm sure it's going to happen one of these days. Before we part company for the day, um, I know you got the tours. Um, you have the website, which you kind of uh, gave a little promo at the beginning, but let's do it at the end. How do people find out about you? How do they find your blog? How do they find your tours? How do they reach you? Yes. So my social media handle is Clever Dever, my last name, wherever. So just, just like it sounds clever and then Dever, D-E-V-E-R, wherever. And you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram under at clever Dever, wherever. If you want to read more about my tours, you can do a couple things. You can go to my website, which is cleverdeverwherever.com and then click on tours and you'll see all the ones that are available. Or you can just DM me on Instagram or on Facebook. I check them and I can just give you information. I even, if you want to book like a free 15 minute call with me and and be like i feel like 
I want to go to Poland, but do I want to go to Poland or just tell me more? Um, I'm happy to hop on a call with you and just kind of talk it through and see if it's right for you. If it's, if it's, you know, something that you really are into. So just clever Dever wherever, everywhere you find that. And it, and it rhymes, which is easy. See? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Absolutely fabulous. This has been great, Juliana. Thanks so much for telling your story. For sure. Yeah, thank experiences. you. I love the experiences. We always like stories around here. I mean, that's not I've got them. I've no. got so many stories. You know, I'll come back sometime and I'll talk about how I was trapped in a Russian apartment in uh, St. Petersburg sometime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we have a trailer. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> got many stories. Um, but yeah, thank you. It was so lovely to spend this last hour with you. You all are just like glowing, wonderful humans. And I'm so happy to connect. So thank you for the invite. And thank, thank you, Sam, you. for the improv at the beginning. As usual, that was thank wonderful you, Sam. to hear. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Always happy. <laughs> well, it was even cool when they knocked the phone off the, the piano through the vibration. I thought that was really good, too. I totally yeah. dug it. I was <laughs> into it. It was like, what happens next? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And Laura, as usual, I mean, I, I, I have to admit, between you and Sam, I didn't realize you guys were such world travelers. Yeah. I mean, I mean now you know. Yeah. Yeah, now. You, you just added <laughs> to, the, to the list of things we can talk about. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So thank you very much. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We appreciate you as well. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.